Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is entitled Movement. Here we go. There was a time when I would hear your voice. Butterflies would dance inside my stomach. There was a time when you would make a request and I would try to move heaven and earth just to honor it because I loved you. There was a time when it seemed like my existence was only possible because of you. But time has passed and I've moved on. And the good thing is you have too. Look at the both of us now. My heart was once broken, but it has since mended. The love I had didn't leave. Over time, it just expanded. At first, I didn't understand, but in the end, I eventually got it. What we experienced together will never be forgotten, but it must have been designed to make me a much better person. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And so I know that a lot of you had listened to um, when I talked about how Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I'm sure you wanted me to delve into after I got more details in terms of Chris Rock or it being stated that Chris Rock is unable to understand different facial expressions if, in fact, my opinion would have changed. So to quiet that noise, the answer is no. (laughs) And the reason being is because I have still taken into account what I believe, for the lack of a better word, possessed Will Smith to slap him to begin with. And although I do not take lightly any deficiencies or any disabilities because I personally have my own, I do understand that we are still human beings and people will respond based on what they've been through. Now, again, as stated before, could things have been handled differently? That was one of the things that I just I find it really, really strange how whenever we're not an individual that is put in certain positions, how we are so quick to judge others and say what we would or would not do. And so if you're not this is just my opinion, y'all, if you are not truthfully and honestly comparing apples to apples, but rather you are comparing apples to oranges or oranges to apples. Yeah, you're just in my true, true insight. You're just entitled to your opinion, but at the same time, it doesn't have much merit because if you haven't went through the same exact thing as Will Smith has went through, If you haven't gone through the same exact thing as Jada Pinkett Smith has gone through, 
if you haven't gone through the exact same things that Chris Rock has gone through, it limits the ability to judge, in my opinion. We can always say what we would do if given the, the same exact situation. And I remember having that conversation with one of my children. It's on one of these episodes way, 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 way back when. But I was telling him that, um, and this has nothing to do, but I'm going to use it as this example. Um, I was telling him how it's so easy for people to say what I would have done. Oh, and I said, in all actuality, that's not a factual statement. Because if given the same scenario, you don't know what you would do until you are presented with the same scenario. We're always going to say that we would take the high road. We're always going to say that we would have made a better decision. We're always going to do that. We had an incident that my sweetheart brought to my attention, and he was saying how um, he compared it to that particular incident that happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett Smith. And he was saying how when he had done a comedy skit, um, he had made a joke. I'm going to tell y'all the joke. Um, and it didn't go over well because he knew what he was speaking of, but he did not lead up to it, I guess, in a good enough fashion, according to this particular individual, for it to make sense. So instead of her paying attention to the joke per se, she got offended quickly and called him out on it. And what he proceeded to share with me is that you didn't go and slap her when she did that defending me. And I'm like, but that's still comparing apples to oranges because it's not like I've been constantly, <clears throat> excuse me, ostracized concerning you. And it's not like you've been constantly ostracized concerning me. And it's not like we've been in the limelight. We're not in the limelight like that. So you're comparing that situation is two totally different things. And what he was saying was that you handled it very professionally and so did I and neither one of us were trying to go for blows. And even though I understood his perspective, I had to agree to disagree because I was like, we have not been placed in a similar situation as Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. So had we been placed in the same scenarios that they had, had we been involved in certain questionable incidents, then maybe the outcome would have been different. But we haven't been in those situations. So you're comparing apples to oranges. So how the joke went, and let me set it up the way it was uh, that he intended, and he really just did not do that. Um, so pretty much we had gone to an actual um, christening, a friend of his, and I believe I've spoken on this before, but I'm going to speak to those who have never heard any of my episodes to catch you up. And so um, we had went to a christening of one of his dear friends, their child, and we had visited a Catholic church. Well, I ha was not familiar with how they do their services. And so in this particular setting, which is what he forgot to lead up to and let people know, um, his audience know, is that in this particular sitting, he actually was dozing off. And when he was dozing off, I looked over at him and he was nodding his head like he was paying close attention, but he was not. So I whispered and said, do you hear what the man is saying? And he shook his head. No. So I busted out laughing because I thought it was so comical that we were in service and he was asleep, but he was pretending as if he was listening to everything that was being said. So I chuckled. 
So then he proceeded to put his arm around me and pat me on my shoulder and whispered to me and say, if anybody asks me why it is that you're laughing, I'm just going to tell them that you're being that you're extra emotional right now. And so we laughed about that together. So then after everything was said and done and we're heading back to his car, he was like, or his truck. And he was like, um, what did you think? And I said, all I could hear was father God. And so we both started laughing. So he tried to convey that when he was doing his joke and all that was heard was the part where he said, father God. And so in that, in that context, the person that heard it happened to be Catholic and she got offended and proceeded to say, so are you going to talk about every religion, whatever you do your skit? And then he proceeded to apologize. And then the dialogue from there kind of went downhill because he did not know how to recover. So he used that example with me and he was saying because afterwards what I did I walked up to her I asked her eye to eye are we good and then I proceeded to let her know that he is an amateur and that we would take the feedback that she gave him so that if for any reason any future um skits are done by him that he would um that he would literally take that into account And so she started talking about how she felt the need to speak up because she had her religion had always been under attack. So when I told her that my mother is a Jehovah's Witness, then she proceeded and said, so you understand where I'm coming from. And I nodded my head. And so pretty much I just told her that we would take this, you know, her little feedback. We would take that feedback into account going forward. What my sweetheart was saying to me is that although you may have wanted to respond in a fleshly manner, you were very professional in how you addressed that moment and how it was very uncomfortable for the both of us, he and I, but how he even went over to the table and he apologized to her for any offense that he may have caused with cracking that joke. At the end of the day, I told him, It's still a joke. So anytime that you're going into an atmosphere where people are operating in comedy, you have to have thick skin. So in that regard, I can see how some people have that defense of there was a better way that maybe Will Smith could have handled that. But just think for a moment. Let's say that you've been programmed to have quote unquote thick skin. And every chance that someone gets, they take the opportunity to try to soften the skin by throwing blows verbally. As a human being, you can only take so much. It's just like a water fountain, wherever that drop of water is constantly falling on your head. If it continues to fall on your head over a period of time, then it may make you go crazy for the lack of a better statement. And so we've got to take into account that this is not the first time that they have been verbally attacked, joke or no joke. With my situation and my sweetheart situation, we have it hasn't been an ongoing thing. So we got our our skin is still pretty thick in that arena. So we can 
find ways to maneuver and be professional considering the circumstance. But like I stated to him, if we were to maximize that and it'd be a period of time year after year, day after day, something in the, you know, something happening or some verbal attack over here and over there. And we're constantly having our PR put out fires and all of that. We may have a different take if we were to go into a public setting and let's say I've been attacked because of the tumor in my brain over and over and over again over a period of time. You may not have that thick skin any longer because it's been worn down over a period of time. So in that same light, when I finally took it upon myself to go to therapy, it was conveyed to me that I had gone through so much trauma that the chemicals in my body that had I only had one traumatic experience, how normally my body is, our bodies are created to be able to help us to recover from a traumatic experience. Well, when you maximize how much trauma that I'd experienced over my lifespan, that particular chemical was non-existent within me. I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember all the medical verbiage that they used. And so, but what I was told is that now they had to figure out a synthetic way to put that same type of chemical in my body and that they were shocked that I was able to deal with still traumatic experiences and not go the opposite end, considering that that particular hormone or chemical or whatever is no longer in my body. So it was literally like, we don't know how it is that you're able to function and still go through trauma and it not impact you in such a way, um, considering that you don't even have this in you any longer. And that wasn't the first medical person that had told me that. I had been told that by counselors as well. So that wasn't the first time that I had been diagnosed with having that particular chemical no longer within me. And so um, considering all that I've been through and all that I continue to go through, they were in awe because there anybody else. Yeah, they might actually need to be on a permanent like permanent medication. They may actually be getting medical assistance. They may actually be um, their mental health being addressed in a totally different light, in a totally different setting, given the same exact circumstances that I've undergone. And so I give God the glory for the fact that I am not in a mental institution or something major has, I give him the glory for that. I know there's a lot of people that listen that don't believe in God, but I personally do believe that it is something far greater than me, far beyond me, above me. (laughs) There was a young man that made the comment and it went viral when he said it's above me now. That's typically how I feel and generally how I feel when it comes to all that I've been through and all that I continue to go through. I know that I cannot go through those things alone. I know that my support system has a lot to be, has a lot to do with why I've been able to overcome a lot of trials and tribulations that have not given, they haven't let up. I'm still going through things. I just told y'all I moved. That was a, whew, that was a whole lot in and of itself. But anyway, so Knowing um, that they had gone through so much in the public setting. And I understand a lot of people are like, but they brought that on themselves. (sighs) When someone makes a choice to live a transparent life, 
I'm sure that in a some way, form or fashion, they've had a couple of people, maybe just one, let them know the pros and the cons of living a transparent life. I'm sure that they have put certain vices in place to help them to navigate their lives, especially if it's in a public setting. But when people make the comment, they brought it on themselves. Even though we may be trained, quote unquote, to count up the cost, the reality of it is, is that even in our own human mind, when we are trying to, quote unquote, count up the cost, we don't always get it right. We don't always make a 100. There is a strong possibility because anytime that you're dealing with comedy, um, there's a strong possibility that they were aware that they might be brought up in some way, form or fashion. But then there's a strong possibility that they were clueless to being brought up in some way, form or fashion. Now, one of my friends brought to my attention, she's like, anytime you're dealing with comedy, that's one of the reasons why she always avoids the first two rows, because typically whenever you're dealing with comedy, the comedian is going to target the people that are on the front row or the row behind them. And, and as many comedy shows as I've been to, she's correct in that regard, because they're the people that they see are the ones that they target. When you get further down, the lighting is normally on the first couple of rows. And then after that, it kind of like fades. And so you can't necessarily see everyone depending on how the stage is lighted up. So I get that. But at the same time, when people say you brought it on yourself, the reality of it is sometimes you don't even realize what it is that you're doing or how it is that you're responding. I do believe if maybe nine times out of 10, if Will knew that he was going to slap somebody that night, he would have chose an alternative option. I don't think that that was consciously, that he was consciously aware that that was even, I don't think that he woke up that morning and said, if anybody says anything about my wife, I'm going to slap the mess out of them. I don't really think that he went through his whole process of, of meditating and getting prepared for that day for that to be the conclusion that he drew. No, that was a self-defense reaction, period. And that's just my honest opinion. There's a thousand and plus one people that I'm sure disagree with that. But I truly believe that that was a self-defense reaction. I'm not stating whether or not I believe it's right. I'm not stating whether or not I believe it's wrong. But what I am stating, yes, it is unfortunate that Chris Rock could not formulate in his mind that, ooh, that didn't go over well when I cracked that joke and try to clean it up in some type of way. But the reality of it is, is that what happened, happened. Can we learn something from it? There is always a lesson in it. I'm sure Will Smith learned something from it. I'm sure Jada Pinkett Smith learned something from it. Maybe she didn't know that her husband would be, her husband would be willing to slap somebody on her behalf. Well, she learned that day. Maybe Will didn't know that he had the capacity to defend his wife in that manner. Well, he learned that day. Maybe Chris Rock was not aware that some of the things that he says and how he delivers his comedy could 
create some type of physical altercation. Well, he learned that day. There was a lesson to be learned. Could we do better? We can always do better. That's just, you know, who we are. We can always do better. I could do better. (laughs) I could do better. To be told, we can always do better. Will we do better? Only time will tell. So for those of you that were like, hey, I want to know what your take is after finding out that he now. Now, do I believe that any that's the other thing? I do not believe that Will Smith knew that Chris Rock had this issue in terms of not being able to see or comprehend different people's facial expressions. So to say that he slapped someone who has a disability, that is stretching it because you got to know you have to, anything to be premeditated, you have to know what you're about to do. You have to contemplate it, weigh it. You got to study it. You, all of that is a, has to be a part of the, the process before you act on it. If none of that was done, it was just a reaction to an offense. And to calculate, well, he wasn't, I should not do this because X, Y, and Z. I promise you, this man was not thinking about being in a public setting. That was the last thing on his mind nine times out of 10. And no, we cannot, other than us press and rewind, he can't replay that tape and redo that situation. The only thing that could be done at this point is to apologize and to take ownership for his actions. And, and a lot of people are saying that Jada Pinkett Smith should be taking um, ownership for her actions. Let me tell y'all something. And I don't know a whole lot, but I know a little bit. Whenever you are reacting, you are not sitting there counting up the cost, period and point blank. When she rolled her eyes, She was not thinking my husband is going to get up and slap the mess out of him. That did not cross her mind. Now, she could have thought, I wish I could slap him right now. But Will cannot read her mind. Neither can we. So at the end of the day, that's another reason why it's dangerous to say what I would have did When it comes to how people react, you don't, all of that happens in seconds. And all of that happens so quickly that by the time you have truly counted up the cost, nine times out of 10, it's after the fact, not before the fact. Because if it's before, then that's premeditated. If it's after, that's where the remorse comes in. Ah, I shouldn't have did that. Ah, I shouldn't have handled it that way. Ah, now I'm crying because I know I'm better than this. That's where the remorse comes in because now you've had a chance to process your reaction and the way in why you reacted the way that you did. There's so many things that I wish that I could have taken back over the course of my life because I reacted and I responded before I thought it all the way through. We're all guilty of that in one way, form or fashion. But when we take the time out to think it through, which is the reason why I've been hearing a lot of the 
therapists and a lot of the counselors say that this is where your tools come in. And they're absolutely right. I agree with them 150%. This is, is where your tools come in. But if he's sleep deprived, if he is trying that the night before trying to encourage his spouse, like, I know you probably really don't want to go. I know you're feeling self-conscious. Now, mind you, all of this is speculation. I am not saying that this happened. I'm just giving you a scenario. I, I'm not saying I don't know what happened behind closed doors. I don't know what either one of them were thinking. I'm just giving you a scenario, a potential scenario. I am not calling it fact. But if they had a dialogue that she really didn't want to even go that day, she really wasn't feeling it that day. If they had that type of dialogue and he had to go through all of this to try to just get her there, then his defenses could have already been up. Because it's like, I know my wife didn't want to be here anyway, but I know that she wants to come and support me. But at the same time, she's feeling insecure about X, Y, and Z. Possibly. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to say allegedly because ain't nobody said that. I just made that up. So anyway, so anything could have happened. Anything could have happened prior to their making it to the actual event. But whatever took place, he, talking about Will Smith, was sick and tired of being sick and tired, in my personal opinion. And you can only do so much. As a human, we will all fail and falter. But even in our failing and faltering, this is where forgiveness comes in. We have to be willing to forgive ourselves first. Then we can forgive others. The dialogue when he when they deal with each other, Chris Rock and Will Smith, when their paths finally cross, if they have not already, is going to be completely different than what it was when he was sending all the making all these jokes. Somebody even said that he had sold out on his show after this incident. He may use this as a marketing tool. To remain relevant, I don't know. But the reality of it is, is that. I believe it was just a life lesson. Now, parents can tell their children, this is not how you react when someone has offended you. This is what you, you know what? You say you don't have tools. We're going to work on getting you some tools. Let me get you off in therapy because this is what I don't want to happen. Even his own mother, talking about Will Smith, his own mother said, I've never seen that side of him. It doesn't mean that that side never existed it just means that he had mastered certain areas of his life that it had never manifested until that day. It doesn't mean it never existed. Everybody has an alter ego. Everybody has another side to themselves. They have the side that they want the world to see. They got the side that they don't want the world to see. That's the reason why you, even when it comes to your friendships, you have certain friends that you'll share everything with and you have certain people that you, you limit what you share with them because they can't handle your truth in its entirety. Let's just keep it 100. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, period and point blank. We all sin and fall short. We have all made mistakes. We're going to continue to make mistakes as long as we have breath in our body. The degree of how major that mistake is really truly falls on you and how much work you've done to practice self-control. What we saw was a lack of self-control in that incident. That's what we saw, a lack of self-control. We all have to work 
at our own soul salvation. We all have to work on the things that we're not proud of. Right now, I'm trying to work on my weight because I ain't proud of being a big girl all my life. Okay. Now I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been big all my life, but it sure enough does feel like it. And so I'm working on changing the trajectory of my life and the way I view myself and the way that I eat food and the way, you know, and how I'd look at food and my relationship with food. And I'm changing that. But that don't mean that if I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to go and grab a Krispy Kreme donut. That might've been the craziest example, but Hey, it is what it is. So we all have issues. We all have things that we have to work on. We all need to do better in certain areas. Only you know what those areas are. I can't tell you because I'm working on my own soul salvation. Trying to figure Teresa out at age 48 after having six children and now a grandchild. What do, what, what do I want to present to the world? I'm trying to figure that out. What, what, do, what reflection do I want to see in the mirror when I wake up? I'm trying to figure that out. Do I really want to remarry? I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do I, do I really want a life partner? I'm trying to figure that out. Do I want any more grandchildren? Of course. I mean, if it's up to me, I have a whole bunch of them. But I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure my life out. Will may be in the limelight, but he's still trying to figure things out. This is where grace and forgiveness come in. We're not going to always make a hundred. We're not going to always get it right. This is the reason why it is imperative to surround yourself with people who genuinely love you and can speak the truth in love. And will not ostracize you the moment you make a mistake, but can love you through it and allow you to see your reflection in hopes that you'll get it right the next time, if there ever is a next time. So I don't know who this was for. Maybe I just needed to talk about it. Remember, on here, we try to be as real and wise as possible, and it is okay to agree to disagree because Everybody is never going to see things the way that I see them. And it is really okay. I actually welcome other people's opinions because it allows me to see the world in a different light. Again, I am not a therapist. I am not a counselor. I am merely a person providing my own opinion about the things that I see, not just with myself, but in the world around me. I hope that this encourages someone. Please do me a huge favor. And take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you for listening.